Hello, superstars. Welcome back to another edition of the Awesome Overflow. Believe it or not, you guys, this marks one year that we have been creating overflow episodes for you superstars, our beloved patrons of Sorta Awesome. So I hope this has been fun to get to hear from us just a little extra stuff that we haven't really shared on the show. It's more like our, you know, sit down. If you were going to go out to coffee with us and we were going to sit down and just catch up on life and talk about things that are on our mind, some things that are on your minds, this is what we would be talking about. So I am joined today. Here we are, like just coming in under the wire at the end of January. <laughs> I'm joined by uh, someone I need to give the like Royal Tierra Queen of Sort of Awesome, keeping us running <laughs> behind the scenes throughout January. Kelly Gordon, thank you for keeping the show <laughs> no, going this month. <laughs> I was just the only person who wasn't taken down by the plague. Yes, definitely. This month, I, you know, I normally like January. It's, it's a nice buffer after the holidays. Yes, it's a nice, I mean, it is, it is a long month. Some people don't think it's so nice. It's a long stretch of days, but normally I like to have that little kind of like, all right, we're getting into the year. I feel like I haven't even had a January. <laughs> I mean, you didn't have Christmas too, you know, like you didn't have Christmas or January. And yeah. I will say for, for me, Although I really do think that in some ways, when you're sick or your kids are sick, your household's sick, that makes time stand still. Yes. But good Lord, this month has felt like three years. I just don't know why exactly. Like I, I always am curious when I notice that I'm, I'm just dragging, like what is different? I don't know. I mean, January yeah. is a long month. It's 31 days. It's right after the Christmas, but I remember that when I was ordering, I make a photo calendar. Mm-hmm. And I never, I, I rarely get it done, I should say, before Christmas. I usually do it between Christmas and New Year's and feel like, well, it'll be here on the 5th or something. Sure. That'll be good enough. But because yeah. of our trip this year, it was even later. <gasps> All right. And the main reason I feel guilty about that is that if it's my child's birthday, that's like the month that they get all the pictures. Yes. And so I have a January birthday. So she's always like, where's the calendar? Where's my, you know, like uh-huh. my moment of fame? Yes. So I was feeling guilty that it, it didn't come. And yet every day I turn around and I'm like, her pictures are still there. Like it has been forever. <laughs> she does not need to feel cheated. It's been a millennia that we've yes. had this page on the calendar up. So I don't know. January is weird. It especially when you're sick, you've just missed it all. Mike Deeds, you're like Groundhog Truly. Day is going to happen and you're going to be just like Puxatani Phil. What's happening feels, out here? I know it does. It feels, it feels like the eternal um, Groundhog Day of sickness. So once we kind of got through the Christmas plague that hit our whole family, um, I had a, l- a couple of days of, of normalcy and like getting back into the swing of things. And then about January 15th, I came down with like a weird virus, not the flu, just like some kind of weird respiratory thing. Um, and then right on the tails of that um, is when AJ and I got the actual flu again. Um, that should be illegal. I would like to propose a constitutional amendment to outlaw the repeat of influenza. <laughs> and, and was it like, I'm just curious because I'm a nerd. Was it yeah. like influenza A and then influenza B? Were yes. they different strains? It was A and then B. Okay. So we, we oh. conquered it all this year. <laughs> <laughs> I think that you should get the tiara. <laughs> um, so yes. So it's been, it's been a, a, kind of a butt kicker of a month and not in a good way. Um, Rebecca, our other co-host, got very sick, but and we thought maybe with the flu or a complication from the flu, but then she updated us that it wasn't actually the flu. It was um, a 
bacterial pneumonia is right. what she had contracted. So I, but, I mean, so she ha- ended up in the hospital as all the superstars. Yes. know. So I mean, like, yeah. I guess, I guess what I'm saying is you guys have been pretty sick. Like this yeah. is not just like, well, I have felt, you know, sniffly and just like, right. I don't want to do anything. Like you have been like just laid waste yes. by the viruses and the bacteria. Yeah. So really we're just glad you're better. Well, it's good to be upright again. In fact, when we first started talking today, you're like, at least you're upright. <laughs> upright and awesome. So I can tell you that as I look at her, because we always do these video as well, she's got color in her cheeks and she's truly smiling. The smile is reaching yeah. her eyes. You know, <laughs> I have faith. I, I haven't seen I haven't seen Rebecca that that yeah. Meg Teats is on the mend. Yes, yes. And Rebecca's back at home, convalescing at home. So hopefully um, she will be back on her feet again as well. So this stuff was no fun. But you guys were generous enough and kind enough to throw some questions our way that we could um, talk about in the overflow this month. I had a few things already in mind that I kind of wanted to talk about. And and you guys actually hit on some of those um, topics in your questions as well. Kelly, a lot of people, of course, when we think of Kelly Gordon, we think about somebody who always brings delicious food recipes, all the good eating that we need to know about into our lives. So some people were asking like, what are you cooking lately that's good? What are you cooking this winter? I'd love to hear kind of like a food and recipe update from you if you have one. Well, I can give you what I'm doing because you guys are so, so sweetly following me. I I really did go through my January like menu this last month, like what have I been making? And I would say a full half of the recipes are recipes I've already shared with you guys. Okay. So yes. we do have a list somewhere um, that I, might even be a Pinterest board of recipes that have been shared on Sort of Awesome, not just mine. So we could for sure re- um, go back to that. But I also thought I will try to find something new because you superstars have asked for it. I will find and make that a, a good new recipe that I've tried and make that my awesome of the week the next time I'm on a show. Okay. Perfect. So that's what yes. I'm going to do. I'm promising you that. But otherwise I've been making a lot of the things, I mean, in some of the recipes I've gotten from you guys. So I am having chicken tacos tonight. So an all-star, the salsa chicken taco recipe. I've been making um, lasagna soup is a mainstay for me. I will say, and this is actually another question that came up by the superstars, um, is like slow cooker recipes. I've been doing yeah. a lot of slow cook. I mean, I think a lot of us like that sort of food, the kind of food that does best in a slow cooker. This is the time of year for it. Um, but I have been, if I can make it in a slow cooker, I will. So I think that I shared last year a white chicken um, salsa sort of chili that yes. you make in a slow cooker. It's really creamy, but it doesn't have much dairy in it. Um, I've been making that. I love that one. I do have, and this might be a recipe... I'm trying to decide if I'm going to share it here or if I want to wait for the regular show, but it's just a, a meat-based spaghetti sauce, mm, but it's mm-hmm. combining ground beef and Italian sausage. So I think it's like a really nice flavor. It smells good when you yes. walk in the house. Um, I, I would say that those are the majority of my meals. I did, and I will put this out there in case anybody is stuck and they just need something to make. Last week, I made breakfast for dinner, and I haven't done that in a really long time. I made a frittata. It's a... Uh, what's her name? Who's like, how easy is that? The Barefoot Contessa. Oh, yeah. Garten. Yes. Okay. It comes to me eventually. It's one of her recipes. It's a frittata and it's got bacon and onions and potatoes and jalapeno and cheese. Like really, it's so yummy. And I had forgotten how 
those small meals, like if you serve that with some fruit, um, you could even have a salad if you want more veggies, a smoothie. Like my kids were so happy and toast. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's a really easy meal. And I was like, I, I forget about, I think when my kids were little, I used to do a lot of breakfast for dinner because I could do pancakes or something like that. That was especially kid friendly. Kid friendly. Yeah, yeah, totally. But it's kind of carb heavy. And so as an adult, sometimes I think, well, I don't want to have French toast for dinner. Like I need more substance. I need more protein than that. And yeah, so yeah, a frittata, yeah, totally. it, like it hit the spot. It was so yummy. I'm kind of curious sounds- what you're cooking or what Kyle is cooking for you. Kyle um, does our evening meals and he is on a soup kick, which... I think years ago, I mentioned on Sort of Awesome that we don't eat a lot of soups because back in those days before Kyle had started cooking, um, he would just always say, they're just not filling enough. I'm like hungry again by bedtime. Well, he has um, found the secret that probably lots of fans of soup have known through the years, which is tons of um, vegetables. Like mm-hmm. he starts with a ton, a ton, a ton of vegetables. He's chopped up and cooked down. So you get so much fiber and it really is so filling. And then just throwing in chicken or um, pork. We're doing a lot of boneless, skinless chicken breast that he's, you know, either just dicing or I don't know, all kinds of soup, especially, especially through the sixth season. Um, mm-hmm. He was just making these really delicious, hearty, um, he, did, he did chicken soup, but he did like a chicken and sausage that was fantastic. It had um, Italian sausage and chorizo in it or chorizo, mm. chorizo, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and was so flavorful and so good. So we've been doing a lot of that. Um, yesterday, as we're recording yesterday, was Daisy's 15th birthday. Mm-hmm. And as her special birthday dinner, she requested Kyle makes these like salmon cakes, yeah. salmon patties um, that are so good. Again, it's a ton of vegetables and salmon and he fries them and makes a special um, sauce. What is the name of that sauce? Oh my gosh. When you're, it like? to, when you're listening to two women in their forties talk, there's a lot of what's it called? What's it We're called? like, what is that thing? It's like a green parsley. Oh I don't know what sauce you're talking about. Um, I'll think of it. <laughs> Tonight at 3 a.m. I literally, I literally just said it this morning because she had another one for breakfast this morning. And I was like, do you want whatever? The it's sauce not tartar anyway. sauce. Like that's no, too. Okay. It's like, it has like, it's like ketchup and mayonnaise, but it also has um, like capers in it. Oh my gosh. What is the name of that sauce? Um, it has sriracha in it. You're like Googling. <laughs> yes, I am. Here, let me Google that for you. Anyway, she had that for breakfast, but we had it for for dinner last night, and it was that one is so good. Even the twins will absolutely devour that. Um, is it remoulade so, sauce? I don't remoulade. Know yeah, okay. It's remoulade. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Okay, that so, sounds yummy. I mean, we've been eating fish tacos too, so you guys know that recipe. I've had that. We've made that. I will also say, and this is good if you are like if you're in a season of sick. This is all that it goes back to Costco for me, you guys, is mm-hmm. that I have started to buy their um, pot roast that's already made. Like you just heat it. It's just meat. It's just a big old hunk of meat, but it is somehow perfectly cooked so that it's that just fall apart, tender sort of meat. And then they have mm. also mashed potatoes that are real potatoes. It's got like six or seven ingredients. It's like cream, you know, butter, salt, pepper um, that I don't, they're arguably better than any mashed potato that I've ever made on a weeknight. I mean, the Pioneer Women's mashed potatoes are like this the gold standard, but sure. that's so much work. Um, yeah. I'll do that for special occasions. But I have almost 
like thrown in the towel of making regular mashed potatoes when I can get these ones from Costco that are so good. So those two things, like you can make a salad, you can cook some carrots. Like um, I love brown sugar carrots where you just like mm, put yes. some butter in with some yep. sauteed carrots and a little brown sugar. Like it's, it's just so easy. So I think we've been having that, uh, I don't know, not quite once a week, but a lot. It's good. Yeah. I'm just all about yeah. the comfort food in the winter. What somebody asked, um, uh, if you, if your cooking has changed since you started working full time, I'm just curious if that, if your schedule being a little bit different has changed up how much time you're spending in the kitchen prepping dinner, if you're doing more fast and easy during the week, or if you have enough buffer in the schedule that you still kind of cook as much as you did before you started full time. I have to think about it more. I would say that's the big difference. There are days that I can get home and still make dinner like nothing has changed. It's just that yeah. I'm walking in the door making dinner. Uh, so I yeah. just have to plan what is my day going to be like? Who's going to be home? Because also having older kids, I don't want to make the favorite chili of Connor if he's going to be out for a school event all night, you know, like that right. sort of thing. So yes. I'm thinking about things like that. Yeah. I would say that I do make more things in the crock pot. Um, I think about what kind of week I'm having. And if there's a meal that I really like that just takes more work and is going to dirty more pans, I'm saving those for the weekends. So it hasn't changed a ton. It just means that I have to, if I'm going to do like a crock pot meal, I have to do it the night before. So there are days that I'll make dinner and I'm cleaning up dinner and then I start to make a crock pot meal and my kids are like, what are you, what are you doing? We literally just finished eating. And I'm like, this is for tomorrow night. So it does feel like a lot of cooking sometimes, but since it's the, the, my favorite thing about making a home, I have not wanted to give it up. Like I have not passed it off to anybody. I certainly have, like we just mentioned, the Costco meals, those ready-made sorts of things that I can just turn around really quick. Um, But I haven't wanted to say here, you know, Natalie, you're home. You you make dinner two nights a week or something. Like I I saved this. I kind of hoard the cooking to myself because that's my favorite thing. Yeah. Oh, that totally makes sense. That's such a good example of how we've kind of talked about often on the show, like really putting your energy into the things that bring you life and that are fulfilling and nurturing to you as a person and either delegating or just not doing the other things. (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm looking for a house cleaner. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, let's see before we move on. Um, well, let's go ahead. And since we kind of were talking about, the difference in your schedule now that you're working and as opposed to, you know, weekday cooking as opposed to weekends. Um, Jill asked such an interesting question. I don't think anybody's ever asked us like as the co the host and co-host, like what this looks like in our personal lives. But Jill asked, what do your weekends look like? And then Jill said, we have a mix of either really hectic weekends or nothing happening. And I'm always a little at a loss of what to do with the nothing happening weekends. Like, what do we do with ourselves? What does everyone else do? So I think this is such a fascinating question. We were talking off mic just a few minutes ago, Kelly, about how I was like, well, I can speak up for the homebodies of (laughs) the world about what our weekends look like. And I thought maybe you as an Enneagram 7, um, as an extrovert, maybe your weekends, even though you are working full time, um, might look a little bit different. But you reminded me that no, you've got a bunch of introvert energy in that house. So or <laughs> the weekends, maybe are a little bit more refueling. Tell me what it looks like in the Gordon household. Well, it is interesting. It's something that I've talked about with both my best friend and my sister, because it's been a realization that I've had as I compare and contrast my weekend with their weekends. So 
if left to myself, I would schedule our weekends. I would be doing lots of things with friends. I would be having families over. But you guys, I've been married to a hardcore introvert for 25 plus years. And I have my oldest child who is a big introvert. I think I've just gradually adjusted to what kind of weekend they need, which is not to be having that stuff. So we do very little as a family on the weekends. Um, We mostly stay home. I do not remember the last time we had anybody over to eat, like in years, like besides like just family or, you know, like our closest friends that just maybe would come over for pizza, but like that intentional, I've met this new person, you should come over for dinner. It's actually something that I... I don't want to say I'm embarrassed about, but I sometimes have, I have some very, very good friends whom I love dearly. And they're like, we would love to get together with you on your, with your family. And I have to say, my family can't do that. Mm, (laughs) Like they don't like it to get together for the monthly birthday party with like my family, with my parents and my sister, my husband is like, this is the only thing I want to do this whole month. And I'm just going to like, I love these people. So I'll, I'll get through it. But like, that's like two hours a month, you guys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, When it's looked at in a, compared to most of America, that just feels ridiculous to me. Well, Um, okay. Corey is an introvert, but he spends his whole work week extroverting mm -hmm. just constantly. In fact, he and I had a phone call about some possible collaboration Mm -hmm. um, in the future with um, Kids in Need Foundation, which he's the CEO of now. And we were on the phone for almost an hour and he was talking most of that time, Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> like, and so I got to experience a little bit of his, of course, he's been on the show as well. Um, he's definitely one of those introverts that if you did not know for sure he's an introvert, you'd be like, Oh, he's totally an extrovert because yeah. he really has a lot of like really strong energy in terms of social interaction. So I can completely see though how that would be so draining to him during the week that he would need so much recovery time on the weekends. Right. And so it's just become one of those things of me wanting to protect them and make sure that they do have that restoration and yeah. that I'm not, you know, like pushing them. There are times yeah. I will push them and they will accept it um, because I don't push them much. Mm-hmm. So then what do I do as an extrovert is I just do things on my own. I have to plan things. I don't like a weekend, even now working full time when I have nothing going on. Like I do mm-hmm. like to be able to sleep in and I like to have that margin and that white space. As a 48 year old woman, I finally learned how valuable that is and how important it is even for me as an extrovert. But I just plan my own things. I'm like, I'm going to go do this class. I'm going to meet this friend for coffee. Um, I'm going to take this kid to this place. Uh, yeah, even the little things like errands that need to get run. I'll, I'll try to make sure if I just want to be around people that either I'm boxing with somebody or I'm taking a friend or a child that wants to spend one-on-one time with me. So that way I still feel like I'm getting my extrovert needs met, but I'm not making my whole family do it, if that makes sense. So our weekends are are a lot quieter than like the people who I'm closest to in life, like my sister and my best friend. Their their weekends are like, you know, all these activities and their kids are doing this and they're hosting this sleepover and they're having this family over for dinner and then they're going here with that small group. Like we don't do any of that. And so it was really when I started to compare and contrast, like I said, just recently that I went, wow, it's been a real gradual shift for me because I used to really resent it. And I did push my family more, but I think Mm -hmm. we've kind of reached this uneasy piece. So that would be my advice because I think that Jill was saying like she was a little at a loss of what to do when there isn't, 
you know, those outside events that are planned for you, what to do on the weekend. I would say, first of all, lean into that. If you need that chance to relax, like that's good, you know, take a nap. Um, but if you feel a little antsy, find out in your family who else might be feeling antsy. And then, and then you guys can plan an activity. Like that's the time to say, what if we went to that, you know, indoor water park? Or what if we went on a hike? Or, you know, what if we went to see that movie? It could be a great opportunity to connect and find the people in your life who want to restore that way, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that totally makes sense. So what do your weekends look like when you say that your weekends are are mild? Is it kind of what I was talking about? Just like you just not doing much of anything? I mean, totally. If we have activities, we are definitely in a season of life. Uh We're playing this sort of awesome drinking game. Drink. (laughs) Check. (laughs) We're in a season of life, though, especially with having a baby um, that we are not inviting people over. We definitely go in cycles with that. Like we'll finally be like, okay, feels like we got everything, all of our ducks in a row and we can invite people over. I know that that shouldn't be the big barrier, but like just in terms of having the actual energy to even think ahead yeah, and be like, could we have someone over? We just have not quite gotten to that place yet, but we have had moments in time um, as a family where we would try to have people over a couple of times um, a month just to eat and sit around the dining room table and visit. Um, we have not done that for a while, but for the most part, if we have an activity on the weekend, it's a, it's some kind of a kid activity, mm-hmm. almost always Daisy and music, something. Um, but even that, if it's not concert season, then we are, don't really have a lot of even her music stuff going on. Um, so, you know, Friday night, we are definitely in relaxing mode. Now on Saturdays, I do tend to be like, okay, we've got to get the house cleaned up because oh, yeah. the week is so hectic. So Saturdays we'll, um, we'll clean. And then, you know, kind of depending, I'm teaching a class at church this year. So if I'm teaching, we are juggling like, when are we going to get to mass? We have our Sunday obligation for mass. So sometimes we go to Saturday evening mass or like we'll split the family or when people were sick, we did a lot of this, like split the family, like one parent would take these kids and the next (laughs) the other parent would take some other kids or go by themselves. Anyway, we're, we're trying to figure out that now one thing for Sundays. So unless we have kid activities, we're, we're pretty low key, except for doing stuff around the house again, Mm -hmm. just like a bunch of homebodies. I mean, I am an extrovert, but I'm a nine, you know, so my energy, it gets depleted pretty easily. (laughs) Right. Well, and I think that the weekends, like if you, like you just said about Corey, if you are putting all this energy out to do your work during the week, for sure, when I was a stay-at-home mom, that was probably when the tussle between Corey and myself was the the most because he was even traveling for work. So he would come home and almost like that, that gif of the the guy who walks in the door and like falls flat on his face. That was him. And I was like waiting for the weekends to be like, let's go do all the things. Right. Um, Because you've had all that energy kind of like like, pent up and building up through the week. Right. So I think it probably depends on even like you're saying, your your own temperament and also what your weeks and weekends look like. Are they how different Mm -hmm. they are or aren't they? Yeah. One thing I've done on Sundays ever since the Sabbath episode, Kelly, this was such a life changer for me is I got real serious about carving out time for my own self, my Mm -hmm. own delight on Sundays. So on a normal Sunday, we have mass, we usually go to 830 mass. So we're home pretty early. Um, We have a big, big Sunday um, lunch that Kyle prepares. 
the girls clean up from that. And then Sunday afternoon to Sunday evening is total veg out time. I literally put my pajamas back on. I will read a book. We have like popcorn dinner. Um, the kids watch movies. The girls usually have some homework to work on. But as for me and myself, <laughs> I am totally relaxing. I try to stay off social media. I try to, you know, just do whatever mm-hmm. sounds good and fun and nourishing to me. So Sunday afternoons have become a real bright spot in the week for me, just in terms of having my own personal energy recuperation time. Right. So. And when you mentioned that like work needs to get done for sure, now that I'm back at work, work needs to get done on the weekends. And that's not how it was before. When I was at right. home all the time, I did a lot of my housework, if you will, during the week when people were at yes. school or at work, because I had yeah. so much time to do that. So now I do have to have a, a chunk of time somewhere in my weekend to be able to prep, to be able to, you know, do stuff that needs to get done around the house. In fact, I have a weekend coming up in February with some girlfriends. And that's what I said to them. I'm like, I can only, I have to be home by Sunday, like by Saturday night, I cannot be gone the entire weekend and then like go right back into work. Like there's just right now too much that has to be done, too many moving pieces. So that's always there too. It's not the fun part. I don't think about it as an extrovert, like, oh, yay, I get to do something like, vacuuming does not fulfill me the same way right. that having coffee with a friend would, but it is something that I'm doing. It is something right. I'm doing every weekend. So it's yeah. just a part of the the rhythm and the routine. Yeah. Well, speaking of some reading that we are doing, Kendra asked what we've been reading lately. I wanted to tell you guys, and I probably will use this as an author of the week sometime in the future, but I've been reading one of the most, in terms of like actually making a change in my life, amazing books that I have come across in a long time. Okay. So the book is called The Mindful Catholic, Finding God One Moment at a Time. It's by Dr. Gregory Bataro. I will say that it's called The Mindful Catholic, but absolutely anybody could read this book. It is Catholic in the sense that the author is very Catholic. He kind of sprinkles in like some quotes from the saints (laughs) that, you know, are more Catholic minded, but, and he The premise of the book, he really weaves into his material a lot, the idea, the very, um, you know, very solid Catholic idea that every single human has dignity because we reflect the image of the creator. So if that is not your framework or your point of view, he does mention that quite a bit, I do have to say. But besides that, this book has so much to say about the actual practice of mindfulness. Mm -hmm. And Kelly, it is changing my life. This his teaching in this book has done more for me in terms of learning how to manage my anxiety than any talk therapy that I've done, than any kind of, you know, any other reading or advice I've heard. I have heard mindfulness as a term used for years now. It's certainly not a new concept, but the way he explains it, the way he talks about what's going on in our minds and our bodies as we move into these, you know, anxious thoughts and, um, I was like, has, has he been spying on me? Has he been <laughs> reading my journal? The way he describes it is so exactly the spe- the experience of anxiety. He talks a lot about the mind body connection, which you know that, you know, we really investigated and sussed out for a uh, smartest person in the room when we did the mind body connection series. And he talks about that at length. He teaches you how to do these mindfulness exercises. It's set up as a course that he had that was like an eight week course. But what he did for the book is like he devoted the material for 
each week of the course into one chapter. So what I've been doing is taking one chapter per week. And I've just been listening to that same chapter over and over throughout the week before I move on so I can really learn the material. Kelly, it has been so good. I cannot even I am telling everybody I know, you got to read this book. It's called The Mindful Catholic. It's not that Catholic, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> That's your disclaimer. It comes right out with a title. Yes. But you guys, it's so good. I don't even know that I would call it like reading. It's not like leisure reading or whatever. I wouldn't even call it self-help because it's so applicable to really learning this thing of mindfulness and how it can help you to come back into your body when you're starting to experience anxiety and like literally what to do, how to like reshape your thoughts. And um, I don't know, it's so good. So again, it's called The Mindful Catholic. I'll put a link in the show notes for this episode by Dr. Gregory Botaro, I think his last name is. Um, so great. So I wanted to mention that. I'm absolutely going to have to request that for my library and see if I can find it there because that sounds so good. When is this going to come out, Meg? Um, like this, like this uh, thing, January 30th tomorrow, okay. hopefully. Okay. <laughs> okay. So this show might come out before the next episode of the, the podcast with Maura Schmemain. What did you say? <laughs> it was so funny. Maura Schmemain. <laughs> Maura Schmemain made me laugh so hard. Um, but in that episode, so superstars, see, this is, this is your peak. You get the sneak peek. Um, I talk about how I've been doing, um, yoga with Adrian, not every single day, like in the way that it's, in, it's like intended to be in January where she does the 30 days. There's some days I've had to miss, but I'm not that far behind. And it was just that reminder again. I think mindfulness, I would love to read it from a Catholic perspective. It really does carry across a lot of the major world religions. And it's one of those things that it can be spiritual. And I think that there's so much there that is rooted in, in, things that are of a spiritual nature. I don't know how to say it exactly. Like it's more than it is that mind body connection. There's something that's, that's more there, mm -hmm. uh, but you wouldn't have to be like, I think that it's so important, especially in our world today, we have so much that's coming at us and we're anxious about so many, so many things. We know more about how our bodies work. It's just, it really truly is transformative. And that's what I'm going to say in the podcast that you guys will hear in just a few hours is that, I reminded again that it is not the valuing of something. It is mm -hmm. the doing it. Yeah. And so yeah. me actually practicing yoga again, even though I'm like, I think this is really important to meditation has become prayer to me. And it's like, I, my personality gives myself credit for valuing it as if it matters. Like, like that valuing healthy eating is the same as I eat my sweet tart minis, you know, yeah. like, yeah. You have to do it. And so I just love that you're the way you're even spreading it out and really letting it sink yes. in and become a part of who you are. That's what we yeah. need to do. That's fantastic. Yeah. What a great book yeah. recommendation. It's so good. So good. Okay. How about you? Anything? I know you've always got a list going on. And plus, I know you have to do a lot of reading for work. So I do, but that's mostly like it's not book reading, right? It's, it's yeah. reading online. You guys, my week has been. <laughs> I have done um, research on is democracy dying? Okay. Which the short answer is yes, I think, but at least maybe just morphing might be a more hopeful answer. Oh, but like okay. that was heavy reading and I went yeah. down a total rabbit hole. So this is the kind of reading that I do for my job and I yeah. love it. Don't get me wrong. Like the idea to get to the, the, I get paid to research stuff that I find interesting. So this is the sort yeah. of thing that I used to do on my own and now I'm getting paid to do it. Yeah. So I'm not complaining, but it probably makes sense that then when I walk away from the newsroom, what I've been reading is a um, 
YA series called Renegades. <laughs> it's definitely for teenagers. It's about it's kind of an X Men sort of idea, dystopian when there's um, all of these mutant sort of people with superhero abilities that are being born and what happens. There's already been a war between them. And then now there's people who are looking to the superheroes to basically save them. There's a love story. It's super interesting and such cotton candy reading. And I love every minute of it. So that's what I'm reading right now. You know, I love a YA series. I Mm -hmm. love it. So good stuff. If you love superheroes and YA, I cannot recommend the, the final book in the trilogy, I think just came out in November. So it's, it's just there, right for the picking at your library. So good. Um, let's see, you guys. There were so many, so many questions about life with tweens and teenagers that Kelly and I were talking before we started recording. Maybe we should turn that into a full episode because there were some really good, good, good questions, and we didn't want to turn this overflow into an episode about just about parenting teenagers. But maybe we can even look at expanding and talking about parenting um, and breaking down each stage and, and isolating those and talking about those a little bit more. You know, one of our goals from the beginning, one of my visions for Sort of Awesome was that it would be really inclusive to all women, regardless of their age and stage in life and what, um, you know, sort of world viewpoints are coming from, that it'd be really open. So we try to not um, have a lot of, you know, parenting and, and marriage episodes as our focus, but Mm -hmm. we do know that it does serve our community because we do know, especially based on our most recent survey that like 85 to 90% of our awesomes are parents. So all of that to say, I don't know that we're going to hit all of these questions about uh, parenting teenagers, but Kelly, I did think one really interesting one was about kids and teenagers and jobs because um, your oldest, Natalie, for sure, she works and has been working for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and is Connor, does he work? Or he, is- he was. He just recently okay. um, quit his job. But okay. I would say this. I'm a huge proponent for teenagers working. However, I will make my disclaimer, which is that my kids do not do sports. Right. So my kids almost needed something to do, right? They needed mm-hmm. some sort of a commitment, something that would keep them busy and engaged and learning and growing. And a job, I think, does a lot of the same things that sports does. It teaches you how to communicate. It teaches you how to work mm-hmm. on a team. You know, some of those bigger life skills that we say, this is what sports is good for. Um, except you're getting paid for it. <laughs> so yes. that's not a bad thing. Um I think that if you have a kid who is super active in their school, you know, they're taking AP classes and they're on student council and they're, they're doing a bunch of sports. I would say don't try to cram in a job. It's one too many things. They've got enough to worry about. But if you have a kid like mine who are kind of like sitting at home more often than they're busy, I think jobs are so invaluable for just teaching them how to get out in the workforce. So Corey has really walked our kids through the process when they said they wanted to look for a job. He's just done some of this basic life skills training that I think is actually so important that schools don't teach, right? How to look online to find where the job portal is, how to fill out an application, what are references, what do you need to know? Like um, all the all of this stuff. How does an interview look? Um, what do you, how do you dress? How do you address people? Eye contact, shaking hands, especially today, putting your phone away. I mean, so many, so many of us, I don't want to say it's just the younger people. I think that they just, it's so subconscious. Um, but just like their phone is right there. So like 
any break in the conversation, like they pick up their phone. Um, so being like that needs to go away for the entire. So all of that is really great training. And then working on, on a team, communicating with your manager, um, you know, like mom and dad aren't going to call in if you made a mistake in your schedule, you need to deal with it. So mm-hmm. I, I'm a huge proponent of it. And Natalie, of course, is taking a gap year. So she's working 35 hours a week right now. She has been promoted to be a closer. She's like a shift lead. Um, and Starbucks is a great company to work for because they pay yeah. really well. And if you're working a certain number of hours, you start to get benefits. I think it, you do have to be over 18, which she is now, but like they have 401k and health benefits if she would need them. And you guys, maybe the biggest is that they offer free tuition for college students to go to ASU online. So wow. theoretically, you could get your entire degree and Starbucks would pay for it. Oh my gosh. If you're working I had no there. idea about that. That's awesome. So, yes, it's amazing. So there, they have, I mean, that's just my little plug. I've been very happy there. My son worked at Culver's, which is more of a Midwestern fast food sort of restaurant, famous for their okay. butter burgers and their custard ice cream. Um, and he just quit because I thought even this, like this is what a job teaches a kid. He really liked it and he's more social. So part of it for him was just all of these people to be around all the time. He loved it. Um, but he also was discovering that he really enjoyed like that customer service aspect, like working in the drive-thru. He said it just made me happy to be able to help people and to maybe make them smile. So he was just recognizing that he was not having as much fun with that as he used to. And I think he was feeling a little stagnant because he'd been there for about a year. So right at Christmas, he decided, and, and he was not getting paid. He was getting paid like minimum wage and they gave him a raise, but it was like 10 cents. <laughs> yeah. And so he could make a lot more money by going somewhere else now that he's 16. So he, he tendered his resignation, but even that was a lesson. Like we said, yes. you need to write a letter and give mm-hmm. it to your manager. Um, and so he did that on his own. And he said that he told them later, he, I was like, what did you write? And he said, I told them that I could not have asked for a better first job and that I loved working oh. there. And I had learned so many things and it was an ideal experience for me as I continue on. And well, Connor, I'm very proud of you. I'm so you, and also this was like right next to the discussion where he was like, I don't need to graduate from high school. So that was like a moment of bright spirit for me where I was like, Oh, Oh, you can do it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was so, that was so nice. That was such a grown up sort of a thing, like those little flashes of maturity. Um, so yeah, I'm a huge proponent. I just think that you have to know your kid and know your family to know if it's going to work. Um, because yeah. obviously before they can drive or have their own car, you're driving them. Are they going to be able to balance their schoolwork and, and their job? But I, I think that there's a lot of pros in that column. So good. Those are such good thoughts. Such good thoughts. Thank you for helping light the way ahead of us. So I'm just curious, do you have, do your girls want to work? I feel like they have so much on their plates because of music and other involvements in school. Yeah. Um, so have they even mentioned it? Yes. Daisy very much wants to work, but Daisy is the busiest child because of her music schedule that we have just not been able to figure out what that's going to look like yet. Um, We do know that probably the time for her to leave the after-school orchestra that she's been in since third grade, it's probably coming close to that time. She does not want to. She has a lot of emotional, sentimental attachment to it. It's also the only place that she had been getting um, some instruction in composition and conducting, which is her actual passion. Mm -hmm. Like the bass is sort of her like, conduit into the music world, but her actual passion is composition and conducting. But when she started high school, she cut her 
after school orchestra, the, once they start um, high school, they can change their schedule up because they know that they're high school kids and they've got a lot going on. So she cut it back to two days a week. What now she's only going two days a week and just playing. She's in an, she's in their full orchestra and then she's in a special ensemble. Anyway, all of that to say, if she does decide it's time to leave the after school orchestra, then we might start to talk about that. She definitely, she's done babysitting. She loves that, but she really wants to be able to have some more responsibility to have some money to work with. Um, so I think it's on the horizon for sure for her, but we just, we can't, it's totally not feasible with her schedule the way it is right now. I mean, yeah. it's not sports, but it honestly takes up as much time sometimes oh, right. as sports does. So no, that's what I mean. I think that there are things yeah, besides just in sports terms of, that yes. just take up a lot of hours and energy, you know, like and yes. knowing your kids, even energy level of saying, well, technically it's not that many hours, but because of how they're wired, they're just not going to have enough energy to be able to do their homework and even work one shift every Saturday. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Um, another great question from Mary was, what are some super simple ways to start being more earth friendly? I want to tell you all that, um, superstar Ali Beatty, who came to the show last summer to do the episode, what you're missing when you're not outdoors, um, emailed me at the end of last year to say, Hey, if you want to talk about, you know, the way Austin's could be more eco-friendly, I'm totally up for doing another episode. So I was like, yes. And we are going to get that on the schedule. She said maybe sometime this spring. So that is up and coming and somebody else asked what I'm doing that's sort of crunchy. Yeah. Um, especially when it comes to beauty. I'm just gonna be real honest with you guys. My beauty stuff is totally conventional. I don't the only thing that I really have been looking for is moving towards more brands and lines that are cruelty free. Uh-huh. But in terms of like really looking for like sustainable brands and those types of things, I haven't been doing great. So maybe this will be the year where sort of awesome teaches me how <laughs> <laughs> to be more eco-friendly in my um, beauty and skincare stuff. But um, all of that, I think we will have coming up in the spring. But those were really, really good questions. One very cute question that I just, it made my heart so happy. And I just was like, I have to get to this one. Superstar Elizabeth asked, uh, she said, please recommend an awesome birthday present for my twin grand boys. They are turning two. And she says her daughter is a crunchy mama. So she thought she would ask me, um, this just made my heart so happy. I, I'm in a big sentimental moment right now, you guys, because like I said, Daisy just turned 15 yesterday. The twins next month, early next month are turning seven. Oh my the goodness. little toddler, the little toddler twins who were two when sort of awesome started are turning seven. I'm just like feeling so yeah. sentimental about my kids growing up right now. Um, but I will say, Elizabeth, when the, my twin boys were, Two, their very favorite thing in the world was playing dress up. So my mother-in-law, when they were about two, made them some simple capes um, for, for running around in. Like they didn't have any, no superhero logo or symbol or sign, anything on. One was black and one was blue. And they, I have so many videos and so many pictures of them playing dress up with those things. They would put on like sunglasses and they had some boots that a neighbor had given them like little boy boots. And they would play for hours to this day. They still love to play dress up. Um, but they would just play for hours with that stuff. So if your daughter is like a crunchy mama, I would suggest just maybe put together some little dress up kits for them. You could even do something very imagination inspiring, like those play silks. Um, you could do like little animal masks, just a little, I, I don't know if you need to travel to see her. I don't know, how, you know, what the logistics are around it, but 
I think a dress up kit for twin boys, and it doesn't even have to be like character specific, just things that they can dig into and dress up with. I think they would absolutely love that. I know that our twins did. So I love that. We still have a big bin of dress up clothes that I did go through this last summer. I think that it had gotten dragged outside next to the pool. And so I spilled it out and you guys... (laughs) You know what it's like to spill out a big bin. You're like, what is this cracker doing in the bottom of uh, the bin? Yes. But yeah. I got rid of the things that were for two-year-olds <laughs> because yes. I was like, I don't have anybody who's ever going to fit in this stuff anymore. Um, yeah. But I was able to, to you know, donate and stuff. And we kept a lot because who doesn't? I mean, it's just one of those classic sorts of things. And I love that suggestion because so many people don't think about it. You know, we think about yeah. like what I can go buy in a store. And you right. can certainly buy, um, I think that Melissa and Doug even has some really great, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. you know, costume sort of things. But anyway, I just, we have some of my favorite pictures of my kids that are all playing dress up together in crazy so outfits. Fun. They just loved it. Yes. Makes so thank you, Elizabeth. That, yep. That was such a good question. Um, so you guys, these were very, very helpful questions. And again, all of the questions about tweens and teens really got us thinking. I honestly, oh, I know one more thing. On the opposite end of the parenting spectrum, Nico, people asked for a Nico update, especially with his sleep. Um, We were doing really well. And I think I maybe even said this when I was. (laughs) I gotcha. You're fine. (laughs) Okay. I think I even said this when um, I talked about meeting with the sleep coach is that I knew that most of my other kids had kind of organized their sleep around the time they uh, turned six months old. And that really did start to happen with Nico. Um, And then when the sickness went through the house again, even though he never did really get sick, sick again, we just kind of got totally off schedule. So we're sort of, we sort of are starting over again. Um, He is starting to move into those longer midday naps, which is why I'm able to record right now, which is wonderful. Um, Nighttimes, we're starting to work on moving through and dropping some of those nighttime feeds. You guys, he's a huge monster baby. He's seven months old. (laughs) He is, and I am not kidding. I don't even know what to do. He's outgrowing 18 months baby clothes right now. And he's seven months, yeah. not just, not just aroundness. And he is definitely got some aroundness, but he's so long too. Yeah. I just can't even believe it. So he definitely does not need to be up all night snacking, which he would prefer to do. Um, so anyway, now we're kind of like, all right, now that I'm sort of back to mostly normal again, got to get back onto, um, back into our sleep routines. So Thank you for asking. I will say that having met with uh, Mandy, the sleep coach was so helpful and uh, gave me such a good foundation that now I'm like, okay, I have that confidence to go back in and start to tweak some things so we can get back to where we need to be with his sleep. That's great. I, you know what, you reminded me that last January, I had just started my job. I had survived Christmas and the whole month of December, having just gone back to work and just started teaching my class at the Y. And then in January, I got the stomach flu. And then we had a week. It was actually this week uh, last year where we had a snowstorm and I came downtown like the night before because I was so worried yes, that I wouldn't I be able to make that. it to work. And yes. then we had like three days of like negative degree highs. So school was canceled for like four days in a row. It was like I couldn't, I couldn't find my footing. And I just kept thinking like, I'm just going to get to February and it's going to calm down. And it did. Yeah. So yeah. I'm here to tell you that no matter 
how you feel about your January. I'm looking at Meg, but I'm speaking to all of us awesomes that maybe January was just like the bucking Bronco you had to ride. We're yes. getting ready to turn the corner and you're going to get off the bucking Bronco and Thank you're going to massage you. those sore muscles and you're going to be like, okay, now where was I? And it oh will, and gosh. you'll be able to do it. You will. Thank you for that. I know there's so many superstars that are listening that needed to hear that too, but thank you. That really speaks to me right now. <laughs> it seriously does. Oh, such good stuff. Okay. Well, as always, you guys, thank you so much for your support of the show. Um, truly, truly knowing that you guys are there, that you've got us uh, as we go through all of this stuff that life brings us. It is just such a comfort. And you guys are so generous and so thoughtful, not just in your financial support, but in really and truly your energy support, your emotional support. We appreciate you so much. So thank you for um, for continuing on with that. Thanks for listening to our overflow. Again, this is just like if we had sat down to coffee. I wish we were sitting down to coffee. Kelly, that would be so awesome. <laughs> One of these days, make teats. I always used to say, I'm just going to show up on your doorstep. (laughs) I'm pretty easy to find, so feel free. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you, Kelly, for joining me today for this. And you guys, thanks again so much for your support. And we'll see y'all next time.